Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It is midnight, the witching hour. Thank you for keeping us company here on the Graveyard Shift. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very interstellar co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, we're still in a global pandemic. How's the global pandemic treating you? It is treating me fine It's treating me fine, too. (laughs) More important question, how is John Carpenter Month here on the Late Night Fright treating you? Oh, wonderfully. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I said it on the last show we did on Christine. I'm going to say it again here on this show. In the words of Prince, we're not going to let the elevator bring us down, are we? No, not at all. No. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for choosing to spend a little time with us here in Cozy Corner. If you're a return listener, thank you so much for your continued support. We know you have a lot of options as to how you spend your time, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend a little of it with us. If you feel so inclined, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps us get the word out on the show, and we both greatly appreciate it. And as we said last episode, stay safe during all of this. Stay safe. Keep a cool, level head. Hope you all have enough toilet paper. Positive thoughts. There you go. We did get a message from the uh, Star Child in the Constellations. Apparently they're a band out of Alpha Centurion. They sent us a song about toilet paper last episode, so there you go. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen here in Cozy Corner. So we continue on with John Carpenter Month. Uh, So far, we have covered The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, and Christine. Months ago, we did a show on his 1978 masterpiece, Halloween. And that show, along with all the other Carpenter episodes, are available wherever podcasts are found. Tonight's film from 1984 dares to ask the question, Faith. This is a question that all great seekers of truth have dared to ask of the heavens in their search for knowledge and wisdom. What happens when the dude and Marion Ravenwood go on a cross-country trip together? What do you get, Faith? You get Starman. You get 1984's <laughs> Starman. We're going to talk about that film tonight, but first we have a little bit of business, don't we? Yes, we do. What time is it, Faith? It is time for the news. Time for the news. The global pandemic is still upon us, but Cozy Corner resident Junior Watson is prepared and ready to make a profit. Watson, everyone's favorite redneck, has in his words a shit ton of calling cards at his double wide. When asked why he stocked up on calling cards, he said, and I quote, If something happens to them dang old bullshit communication birds up in the sky, we gots to be able to call them some bitches we love. End quote. Junior, you're an idiot, but we love you. We love you indeed. Cozy Corner Poet Laureate Helen Hooter Tudor 
recently published a few verses on the worldwide pandemic. They go, and I quote, Bad flu, bad flu, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when the flu come for you? Hooter Tooter is in the throes of a nasty divorce and has been spending a lot of time on her couch watching the news and reruns of Cops, which celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Great job, Helen. Nice. Well, no word on what Gwyneth Paltrow is doing during this pandemic, but we're sure she's probably whipping up some organic meal high in minerals and nutrients made of weird ingredients guaranteed to make you pass some serious gas. And she's probably burning her vagina-scented candles to ward off the virus. And she's probably doing yoga or some shit. Faith, why all the hate for Gwynny? It's just who I am, Dan. It's just who I am. You need to let it go. Hey, you deal with a pandemic your way, I'll deal with it my way. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And that is the news. Well, we've got John Carpenter, we've got the dude, we've got Marion Ravenwood. We're going on an interstellar cross-country trip. What are we talking about tonight, Faith? Starman. Starman from 1984. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. for the people of the planet Earth. All is well.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It is about 10 minutes after midnight, 10 minutes into the witching hour. Thank you so much for keeping us company here on the Graveyard Shift. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We are going to be talking about Starman. Starman is the 1984 film from John Carpenter we're talking about. This project comes from executive producer Michael Douglas and was written by Bruce Evans and Reynold Gideon with an uncredited rewrite by Dean Reisner. Carpenter was not the first choice for this, but he may have been the best choice. Known for horror, he wanted to do something different, and boy did he. Starman at one time was deemed too close to E.T., and Columbia was hesitant to make it. And it got compared a little bit to E.T. when it came out. And what is it with John Carpenter's films getting compared to E.T.? <laughs> no idea. We talked about it on the Thing episode. Check that out. Um, <laughs> we, we I went on a kind of a big tangent about it. <laughs> but... Uh, Carpenter had all the excess sci-fi in the movie thrown out, and he focused on the story of Starman, played by Jeff Bridges, and Jenny Hayden, the widow, played by Karen Allen. He was making a movie more in the vein of the classic film It Happened One Night than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So, suck it, Spielberg. (laughs) Here, with a quick synopsis of the film, is none other than me. That was kind of anticlimactic, wasn't it, Faith? We have to listen to you talk. Here we go. The Voyager probe encounters Starman's people, and they dispatch Starman, a mapmaker, to Earth for a visit. He takes the form of Jenny Hayden's husband, Scott, and he asks her to drive him to Winslow, Arizona, so he can both stand on a corner and rendezvous with his ride from the mothership. Along the way, they're chased by government agents, and surprise, surprise, they fall in love. That's the long and short of it, and this is a wonderful movie. Faith, this was a first-time watch for you. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Starman? This movie is really a wonderful movie. I've loved it more than I thought I would. It's it's beautiful. It still has a little bit of weirdness in it. I just I, I really love this. I'm really glad you did. This is a movie I saw when I was a child. I was about five or six years old the first time I saw Starman, and it has stuck with me all of these years. So many images come f- flooding back mm-hmm. to me when I watch it again. I've seen it several times throughout the years. Uh, it's a movie I go back to regularly, but not it's not on like a regular rotation. Right. But boy, it just it comes back, and it's such a lovely, beautiful, tender, warm story yeah. from the guy who made Halloween. You know? Right. <laughs> That's what's so great about this. It's it's weird in his canon, though. I mean, we've been talking about these creep movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, going back to Halloween in order. Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing. Then we had Christine. Now we have uh, benign alien contact, finally, in Carpenter's world. And it's such a fun and beautifully human story. Yeah. You know, there's not enough words to describe just how really beautiful and simple this is. Very Carpenter, though. So that's my first question. What do you think of this as a Carpenter film? Now, we've talked about the hallmarks of the Carpenter movies. They include the setting as a character. There's a straightforward visual style. There's a big widescreen feel. His movies feel bigger at times than they Mm -hmm. really are. There's a unique music and sound design. That all comes from the Cinelinks.com article that we have, uh, that we found, that we've uh, accessed several times. It just succinctly distills it down these are things that you can look up though online you know Pete, this is these are the hallmarks of mm-hmm. his style we added that there's a sense of isolation in his films also his endings are sometimes ambiguous and one thing we're going to talk about tonight there's an anti-authoritarian streak in his movies you mm-hmm. see it in the thing you see it in um uh, escape from new york you definitely yes. see it 
You see it here, too. Yes. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, and not from the person you think you're going to see it from. That's <laughs> that's what's so neat about it. Um, so I just laid out the groundwork there. So let's go through it. What do you think of this as a Carpenter film? I see it as a Carpenter film. I think there's, I think it has some of those elements and styles, but obviously it's a little different. You know, <laughs> it's not something right. you're used to seeing from Carpenter. And I think that, I think that that kind of proves that he can do more than... You know, just yeah. be a horror director. <laughs> oh, he's much more than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the setting for me boils down to America. The, mm-hmm. the, and he said this. He wanted to show the better parts of America. Now, we're in the middle of some crap right now at the time that we're taping this. There, there's, there is a global pandemic going on. <laughs> and you're seeing some crazy stuff out there. But you're also seeing some of the better parts of people. And you see that a lot in mm-hmm. times of, of crisis. Right. And uh but he wanted to show America and its beauty, you know, the the, the good part. Because he mm-hmm. said he'd focus on the bad parts of it. Let's show the good part. So really, it's America and, and Earth and this pl- and this planet that we call home, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's being visited by this character, you right. know, this <laughs> real character we're going to get to in a second. Um, very straightforward, though. Uh, it does have that big widescreen feel. Mm-hmm. Times it felt like Halloween. In the carport scene where he is, uh, he comes up behind her and scares her. Yes. Did that whole scene from the lighting and the colors, yep. did it not remind you of Halloween? Oh, it did. I could see it. Like, <laughs> just the outcome was a little different. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, the music and sound design, there are some Carpenter sounds in here mm-hmm. when the alien's doing his thing. Now, Jack Nietzsche did the music. I think the score here is very wonderful. Uh, not too reminiscent of Carpenter, but uh, that's fine. I'm no, not, but I think it works. I'm not worried about it. It, mm-hmm. it, it totally works. There's definitely isolation here. Yes. Both of these characters are feeling isolated. Yes. Uh, at the end of the movie, one of the other characters, but played by Charles Martin Smith, he's going to feel a little isolated too. But yeah, she for sure is isolated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, of course, you know, is far from home and, and lost. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. The title character is played by Jeff Bridges. Bridges has been around for a very long time. He excels in big and small roles in any genre. He's a lot like Kurt Russell, isn't he, in that mm-hmm. respect? Uh, Carpenter cast him after meeting him because he said there's just something likable about him on screen and there's something likable about him in real life. Audiences have been loving him since the early 70s and he's had a very strong cult following since 1998's The Big Lebowski. (laughs) He's probably best known for playing the dude and isn't it amazing how that film has taken on a life of its own. Now, (laughs) I want to say this about Lebowski. I saw it in the theater in 1998 there were about four people in the theater, and I remember I walked in and watched it and walked out and I looked at my friend and I said, what the hell did we just watch? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. I said, I loved it, but what the hell was that? And <laughs> it was amazing, though. Years later, people started quoting that movie. Right. You know, I was like, dude, that's Lebowski. <laughs> you know, like, you, you've actually seen it. Like, I didn't I didn't think anyone had seen it. And now it's there's festivals and things like that. And isn't it amazing how yes. that film, and I think it's all due to... Well, the whole movie, but he's a big part of why that movie, mm-hmm. you know, and he does, though. He has this <laughs> wonderful cult following. Though. What do you think of Jeff Bridges? I love him. He's always been somebody that stands out to me. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to jump the gun here. I think <laughs> him here, it's almost like I wasn't even watching him. It was, you know, does that make any sense? It was no, like- it makes complete sense because I feel that way about Jeff Bridges. He, he. He's not like a jackass actor, you know, the, mm-hmm. these, uh, these method actors who disappear. No, he, he does disappear, but 
it's amazing you can a b this performance with Lebowski mm-hmm. or Iron Man for that matter. Yeah. You know, and they're all so completely different. Carpenter says he's one of those guys. He's just always completely different because he's so physical an actor. That's the thing that gets overlooked. I think with Jeff Bridges, he he's so physical. Yeah. Um, I love him. I love him in this. He was nominated for an Academy Award for this. The only Oscar that a Carpenter film has been nominated for out of all of his his work. One Oscar, and it was for Jeff Bridges. And not taking away from Jeff Bridges, but that was more for Jeff Bridges than it was for John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like him. They don't like him. He's wonderful here. I heard he studied birds. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I read that. he studied, and uh, and he worked with a dancer. Uh, a friend of his is a dancer, a wonderful dancer. And so he was working on the real physical side of this. And that's what I remember as a kid was the real physical mm-hmm. stuff. He reminds me of a puppy dog in a lot of ways. Yeah, he does. Or, or, or Baby Bird, though, really mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. What did you think of the character of Starman? And we never get his name. He's just Starman. <laughs> He's credited in the credits as Starman. <laughs> That's his name. No, that's his name. <laughs> um, no, I think he's he's definitely interesting. He reminds me of something else besides a bird and a dog, and I can't really place it. But I think it's a really cool character. Jeff Bridges has the chops to play him uh, not only strange and odd, but the beginning of this, and we're going to get a little more into it uh, towards the end of the show, it's kind of scary. It and is. he's scary. <laughs> It really kind of is. He's scary in it. Some of that has to do with the Stan Winston effects, you know, with the Starman uh, birth, right. you know. But uh, he he is just absolutely incredible. I can't take my eyes off him when he's in there. Okay. And there's a, there's a sympathetic quality to him, and there's a want for him to be safe. As, as mm-hmm. odd and creepy as he is, you want to spend time with him, this character. Yeah. And like you, you said, you, don't want any, you really don't want anything to happen to him as this movie goes yeah. on. Because as the movie makes the point, he was invited here. Mm-hmm. Right. He's, he accepted the invitation to come here. Yeah. So uh, we can't really talk about him in this movie, though, without talking about the lady he's dancing with in this, and that's Karen Allen. And... Karen Allen is one of my my childhood crushes. I you know oh, yeah. she was you know I've talked about Margot Kidder and Carrie Fisher. Karen's like the third member of that <laughs> because she was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's what she's best known for. She's in some of my favorite movies though: Animal House, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Scrooge <laughs> with Bill Murray. And she's wonderful in all of them. She's wonderful in this. Uh, I have a real fondness for her. She seems like a very real person. Mm-hmm. She um, does. She lives in Massachusetts. She doesn't live in Hollywood. She wanted to raise her son away from that industry and in the country and away from all of that. So that should Art. tell you something <laughs> about her, right? Yes. Um, she teaches uh, theater. <clears throat> she directs theater. She also knits. She's a knitter. So I think it's very cool. What do you think of uh, Karen Allen? Because, uh, you know, we've watched several movies together with her in it. Mm-hmm. And we've always, you know, every time we've watched something with her and we were doing it, texting back and forth with this. <laughs> We always say how much we love Karen Allen. What is it about Karen Allen that just just gets you? I think you said it. She feels like a real person, and I feel like even in her roles, that kind of comes through. She doesn't seem like she's acting or going over the top with any of her characters. You know, it feels like a real, real, very grounded, and she's just very nice to watch, you know. I mean, she's beautiful, but she just has this kind of grace to her that you just watch her. and Everything that you said were things that John Carpenter and Jeff Bridges said about her. Except John Carpenter added, she has these lovely eyes that I have to look at. She does. And the camera loves. 
I love her. I love her as Jenny Hayden. What did you think of Jenny? Because Jenny's Jenny's the emotional center of this movie because she's lost her husband. And let's talk about Scott and Jenny. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you haven't seen the movie, Starman takes the form of her of her dead husband. How much did you fall in love with that couple, even though you never see them together? You see them in, in home movies. Didn't they seem like neat people, mm-hmm. like people you'd want to know? Yeah, they did. You know? And Carpenter does in three minutes in this movie with the space probe at the beginning. You hear about Voyager. It goes to uh, Starman's planet, which I'm assuming is Saturn, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets uh, taken in, and then Starman's on his journey. Three minutes, and you see her in that span of three minutes. And there's no talking outside of uh, you know a few little pre-recorded things. Right. But And then you see her watching this thing. And it's all visual. Yeah. And Karen Allen's conveying the emotion there and you're seeing it visually it would take other movies 30 to 35 minutes to set that up because you're going to who starman's people are you don't need to know it you Mm -hmm. just know he comes from somewhere else how they got the message and they're on their way here and i'd like to add that the voyager probe would then go on to uh uh, menace captain kirk and star trek the motion picture (laughs) (laughs) if you're a fan of that film from 79 so but um yeah he does some great things here and, and he's doing it with these great actors and karen allen my God, she's so good here. And the way that she plays scared and then kind of starts to accept him a little bit. And I do you buy them falling in love? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yeah. I like seeing them both kind of open up to each other. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to get to more about that in the favorites, I think. But uh, Charles Martin Smith, he's in one of our favorite movies, American Graffiti, plays Terry the Toad. He appears here as SETI researcher Mark Sherman. I like this guy. I've always loved this guy a lot. I think he was great casting because he's the antagonist in a lot of ways, but he's never a villain, and he gets to be heroic. So what did you think of Charlie Martin Smith here as uh, Mark Sherman? I loved him, and I agree with you. I think you said he's he's kind of the bad guy, but he's not necessarily bad. And, you know, he has that moment at the end where, Yeah, you know. it's his heroic moment. Yeah. yeah, and he's relatable in a lot of ways because he's focused on this is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's not focused on... Like his boss is Fox, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. On, he, on you know uh, dissecting this guy, right? Because he's the one who says we invited him. Right. We we should talk to him. <laughs> you know, exactly. We invited him. He's in awe of the wonder of this, yeah, and exactly. he, he keeps the wonder grounded. You know, you've got the the romance story, and then you've got the sci-fi story. Mm-hmm. And Carpenter's focus is on the the romance and the people aspect of it, but the sci-fi stuff is there, and he does a great job. And I don't know who else you would get because he's so likable, and you want him to meet Starman, but you don't want him to catch him. And exactly, you know, <laughs> again, and, he feels like a real person too. It doesn't seem too, you know over the top or anything the way he he's acting everything yeah. seems very very grounded very real. that straightforward carpenter style yep. i mean this is so textbook carpenter it's just not a horror movie exactly it's just not a horror <laughs> movie um what did you think though about the creep factor in the movie because we we alluded to it there is some serious creep there factor really here is. the first 30 minutes of this movie are cre- even listening to the rolling stones i can't get no satisfaction playing played from a uh, voyager going to Saturn is creepy. I know. <laughs> so, um, that, and then he quotes it later, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. No, uh, that, that, uh, the birth of him is so creepy and like chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very Lynchian in yeah. a way, like David Lynch or Cronenberg or something. Very, <laughs> very 
Yeah, there's horrific elements to it. I mean, could you imagine like walking into your living room and you find a baby, <laughs> you see that, and then it's and then it starts morphing into your dead husband. Right? Yeah, and I love in that scene that he put her uh, not for anything salacious. She'd fallen asleep and she's in her underwear and mm-hmm. that little sweater. And I love the fact that she's in her underwear because it makes her all the more vulnerable. Like right. it's like, oh my god, and then. She's in her underwear. Right. You know, it's like the horror movie trope, you know? <laughs> that's 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 why I like it. No, you're you you lie. <laughs> does it uh does it feel like classic carpenter? The whole film, does it feel like a carpenter film? That's that's the big question. I think here. there are moments. I think I think it does for the most part. Again, it feels different because of the the romance element you know it's not something yeah it's kind of unexpected yeah. from him and from a story like but this but i think too. there are moments that yeah you're you're reminded this is a carpenter movie were you thinking about et at all during this no you didn't know about the et connections right no i read it afterwards right afterwards and i was like what? what's up and i was a kid i never thought of it as et <laughs> yeah there was a movie called mac and me that was a knockoff of et mm-hmm. uh no this this is very human yeah I, you know this is the adult version of et in a lot of yeah. ways uh, what about the story here, the sci-fi romance? Now, we've talked about Carpenter mixing up genres. We've seen it with Escape from New York. We've seen it with uh, uh, The Thing has a lot of things going on mm-hmm. with it. Uh, what do you think about the genre mashup here? I really like it. I do, too. I think it's very different, you know? And I think, like I said earlier, there's enough of that weirdness mixed in with the romance, so it's not, you know, kind of leaning one way or the other. Like you said, it's a mashup. And I think it's beautiful the way it was done. Do you think it shows the best parts of us? I think so. I think it does, too. I think it shows the best parts of him, too. I'm Mm -hmm. glad he came to visit. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad he met her. That's Right. (laughs) That's the thing. There's some really, really lovely stuff in here. And my final question before we go to break, uh, does this feel timeless to you? This movie is now 36 years old, if you can believe it. Um, Does it feel timeless to you? I think so. This feels like it came out yesterday when you're watching it, you know? (laughs) Um, the performances, the look of it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the terrain and all that has America's changed quite a bit. And they're, they're a back country for the most, most part, you know, mm-hmm. that big city living, but, uh, there's a timeless quality to this timeless to the, to the story and the, and yeah, the feelings. I, I wasn't even thinking, oh, this yeah. is a 36 year old movie watching it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been far from home. I know, I know that feeling, <laughs> you know, and, and I've lost people. I know that feeling. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. universal themes here. I think right. it's a really lovely movie. I think. This is the loveliest movie in his filmography. This is the most different one, too. That's the This might thing. be one of my favorites we've actually done of his so far. Yeah. I really like this movie. And it's movie. so different. And and we talked about the lack of passion we felt in Christine mm-hmm. from him. You can feel him all in on this because he wanted to prove that he was not just the thriller guy, <laughs> the horror guy. I think yeah. he proved it. Oh, it works. This totally works. Like I said, this is a movie that's really stuck with me for... Since really it came see, out, you know, why. the moments with the little with the little balls, the little orbs mm-hmm. that he has, you know, and 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 him giving her the baby. I remember, you know, and just so much lovely stuff. And I think this is a wonderful movie for kids to see, too. Yeah, I think this is a real, you know, any age age uh, range here. It's really good. It's it's amazing that this is a Carpenter film. It, it really, really is. <laughs> it really is. Um so we are going to take a very short break. And when we get back, we are going to wrap up our discussion of John Carpenter's 1984 film Starman, a movie that was severely overlooked at the box office and may be still severely overlooked <laughs> by time. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. 
Harrison Ford, the big HF host of The Straight Dope here on uh, whatever radio station this is. Well, looks like the end may be upon us. Maybe, I don't know. Could be. Really don't care. Tune into The Straight Dope anyway. Why? Because you're going to want The Straight Dope on The Straight Dope. I'm going to be talking about my favorite shows to binge watch high. Should you find yourself quarantined or whatnot. Also going to be talking about my favorite green to smoke. If you should find yourself isolated and quarantined. And uh, be sure to tune in because if there turns out to be a shortage of green, uh, I know a guy and... uh, I'll give you his number. Straight dope. Special pandemic edition or whatever whatever the hell this nonsense is. Right here on whatever the hell radio station this is. I really don't care. Champ Fanghorn here, sports guy over at WKMF, and I'm excited to tell you about my new place. Hey, do you like sports? Sports! No, I don't mean those sports. I mean the greatest album in the world by the greatest band in the world, Huey Lewis in the news. Whether you're working for a living or too hip to be square, come on down to sports. Sports! Where the burgers are hot, the beer is cold, and the heart of rock and roll is still beating. And we don't just play sports. Sports! Oh, no. We play all of their albums from the 1980s self-titled debut to Soulsville. Sports! Sports! Where it's Huey 24-7. Sports. Sports! Where we're always happy to be stuck with you. Located on Guilford Road next to the Cozy Cafe. Sports! Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're right at about 1230, halfway through the witching hour, talking about John Carpenter's 1984 film Starman. So let's talk about John Carpenter a little bit. I asked you this last episode, I believe, or two episodes ago. They all run together, <laughs> when you're, especially when you're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, we've been doing this now, so this is our one, two, three, four, five, six, six Carpenter film, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, has your appreciation of him grown even more now? I know that you said, and we both said, we have a high appreciation of the guy's art, and we had that before we started this, and we both are going, wow, this is, he's really good. After watching Starman, has your appreciation of him as a director and as an artist gone up? Yes, I was going to say, especially after watching this, because... I relate to him as the horror guy, you know, that's just, that's where my mind goes to when I think of him. So seeing this, it really puts him in a different light because it's like, man, he really is that good. This goes back to a discussion we had during The Thing. We talked about that movie was so critically reviled. Listen to the first episode on The Thing if you have not. Uh, We we go into the, the critical reaction to that. And he took it really hard and he has... Uh, wondered aloud what would have happened if that movie had been a hit. I would also like to add, uh, what if this movie had been a hit? 
you know, mm-hmm. because this did nothing when it came out. It made about eleven million dollars, and it was it. it bar- I don't even think it made back its budget, which is a shame. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, it it people liked it for the most part. Critics were okay with it mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, they thought it succeeded because of Jeff Bridges. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the movie just directed itself, though, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, if this movie had been a big hit, and I'm not saying I don't, I don't want Carpenter in horror. What I'm saying is, I want he's the kind of guy you want doing whatever he wants to do, whatever tickles his fancy. And I mean, because he can do it all. And we're going to see it in our next movie, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which is kind of fun. I'm excited to go into that one because. It's almost like a pre-comic book comic book movie, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense, you know. Right. And he was doing some really zany, fun thing, and it's probably his most fun movie. <laughs> out, of, you know, this is his most romantic. You know, the thing, you know, <laughs> is his masterpiece. Halloween is like his great horror flick. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China is his fun movie. Yeah. And he's got Kurt <laughs> Russell back with him, so it's gonna be fun. And uh, I'm excited to see how. Uh, not that we're going to rank these movies, but when we go back and do an overview of Carpenter in the 80s, how how this one kind of sits, you know, mm-hmm. with what comes after it. Because, again, we're at a turning point here. And after this, especially after Big Trouble in Little China, you know, it's right. it, it's not over. But <laughs> the the commercial success is not. Has died out. It, yeah. Pretty much. It, it's done. Yeah. Commercially. But artistically, these are still great movies. And mm-hmm. uh, this is one of my favorites. I love this movie. It's really one of my favorite movies. Um, I, I mean, it's one of the, like I said, it's one of my favorites we've done so far doing Carpenter, yeah. and maybe even all On of the our show. episodes. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. It, it's a it's a it's a left field thing. It gets you, <laughs> and you, you don't realize it's going to happen to you. I know. Um, how do you feel about Carpenter the Romantic? I'm okay with it. Again, that's not a place that I go to in my mind, you know. But I think he pulled it off, and you know, I buy it. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely more than the thriller guy. I wish yeah. we'd gotten more films like this mm-hmm. from him. Me too. More romance, real adult, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, films. I mean, that not in the triple X kind of <laughs> way. I mean, movies for adults. We don't have enough movies for adults these days, right. I think. Let's talk about our favorites here. Uh, anything that you want to mention from Starman that really sticks out to you, that you like, that, that you think uh, might even need a second uh, shout out here on the show? We haven't mentioned it. I really liked uh, when he was going to go say goodbye and all the helicopters are flying over. And then their kind of moment right before he's about to say goodbye. Beautiful moment, isn't it? All those colors, you know, come through. music from from Jack Nietzsche. Yeah. I love it. I like the anti-authoritarian streak in this. It just Mm -hmm. uh, really played uh, by Charles Martin Smith's character. Uh, It comes through his performance, you know. With the government and and like wait we invited him and you're going to do this to him right. and, and you know I feel that way about the government at times I have a healthy distrust of the government and authority and the media and anything else that can influence your daily life exactly and not be held accountable so uh, I like that story I think that's a very carpenter thing mm. that feels very carpenter yeah it does um, that's a great scene the one with the helicopters and one of the things I was reading is. You know, there were some really technical things in this movie that you just don't notice, you know, with the helicopters and, and all that. And then the special effects in the beginning. Um, I like Bridges' performance when uh, they've just uh, had sex on the train and he's mm-hmm. looking out and and uh, him saying he gave her the baby. I think it's a wonderful moment. Yeah. And uh, tell the baby about me. You know, yeah. The way he talks is wonderful. 
Um, the comedy in this film is really good too. With the uh, you know Jeff Bridges says take it easy in this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. Uh, but uh, you know putting up the thumb, you know take it easy. You know, and then you know the middle finger, you know up yours. Uh, the, yeah, that's something I was forgot to mention. There were moments that I giggled out loud. <laughs> oh, straight up. And it wasn't. Straight up. It wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't expect that I was going to. So it was nice to Straight up. have those little comedy moments. <laughs> yeah, some really wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff with their interactions. If you've not seen the movie, I think it's from 31. It happened one night with uh, Claudette Colbert and Clark Gable. It won Best Picture at the Oscars. Uh, this movie, I was watching it. It had been a minute since I'd seen Starman, and I was going, this reminds me of it happened one night. I was like, this is the sci-fi version of that movie. You know, people falling in love mm-hmm. on a road trip. Uh, kind of happens in the movie Bandit, starring Billy Bob Thornton and Bruce Willis. Uh, it's a wonderful film with Kate Blanchett. Uh, I mean, this is not without precedent, you know. But I was like, this is what he's doing. Like, oh, Carpenter, you old dog, you know. But uh, the Bridges the Bridges performance is wonderful. The Karen Allen performance, them together. Oh, them together. You can tell there's a real affection between them because i heard him talk about this during his uh oscar run for crazy heart and um uh the critic asked me said uh what about starman he says oh yeah working with karen allen you know i mean that was one of the first things out of his mouth and he and uh he and carpenter became friends after this too that's cool so carpenter strikes me as a very nice guy yeah guy yeah. I, i'd he like seems to like, spend time with well he seems like he likes people that that we like you know when we actually like oh these seem like really great people so he seems like he knows who the good people <laughs> He seems like a guy who doesn't suffer fools gladly. Mm-hmm. And if you show up and give your all, he's not going to fault you. Like, it, you know, he's going to be there for you and right. have your back. And uh, the interview I watched with him and doing prep for this uh, from the time this came out was really wonderful. And it's on YouTube. And it's about a 30-minute interview. And him talking about film and what he wanted to do with this. And not in this pompous way. He's just this guy who who knows his stuff and makes movies you know right. not pompously or arrogantly or in this artistic yeah. way but his movies are so artistic isn't that something <laughs> something um this show actually spawned a sequel of sorts there was a tv series from hmm. 86 just 86 86 to 87 with uh, robert hayes from airplane he played Starman. it was about him and his son and uh, the mother was missing and they had to find her so did you ever watch it i did when i was a kid yes Absolutely, I did. It was a really good show. I started watching uh, the pilot episode. And I think all of the episodes from the series are up on uh, YouTube, hmm. and it was pretty good. It, What's it's, it called? Uh, it's called Starman. Oh, okay, it, it held up. Yeah, and he comes back okay. to to help his son, who's who's you know teenager or something at this time. Okay. And uh, same deal, uh, you know, find somebody who's passed away and he takes the form, mm-hmm. and but it's him, you know, Sam Alien. Really well done. Michael Douglas was the executive producer on that as well. That sounds pretty so, cool. So uh, it's it's worth a watch. Uh, like I said, I got about thirty minutes in before you know uh, life and pandemic took me away from it. But uh, <laughs> I was pretty engaged in it, and it did not upset me. Going, why were they do this? No, it was an honest to god like sequel mm-hmm. to the movie that uh, a lot of the same creative team was behind. So it felt very. Did it, oh, go ahead. It felt very uh, appropriate. Did it last only that long because people weren't responding to it? People or just, didn't watch just, it. That's, People didn't watch it, yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Because this movie does feel underrated because I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Which is sad. And then watching it, it's like, man, you know, it's a really good movie. I think everybody should see it. It's it's a it's a great movie. It's it's a it's 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 a feel good film. Mm-hmm. It, it it 
you know, it, we were talking about E.T., so maybe in a lot of ways it kind of is E.T. It's got that bittersweet thing about life to it. Yeah, but it still feels different enough Yeah, to not be E.T. Yeah, and he, I mean, what is it with Carpenter and E.T., man? <laughs> I don't know. just keeps getting sucked up in the E.T. shadow. I like E.T. as much as the next guy, but he does look like a giant penis. Um, <laughs> did I say that out loud? You know, there's inside the head thoughts and there's outside the head thoughts, and sometimes they come out the mouth. <laughs> So, do you have anything else you would like to add about Starman? Any favors? Because this is a movie you just really need to see it. If you haven't seen it, it's it's worth the hour and forty five minutes or so of your time. It, it's it really strikes some chords. It's it's I, a great film. I think just the way everything looks and feels, kind of in the first thirty minutes of the movie, or my favorite. You know, it just it's creepy. It's it's dark. You know, you're not really sure what's happening, and I don't know. It, I loved it. And he uh, eats Dutch apple pie. And he really likes Dutch apple pie. Yep. Then they eat cherry pie. And then he eats cherry cobbler at the end. Yeah, cherry cobbler. That's yeah. That, which made me want Dutch it, apple so. pie. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he talks. I love... Take <laughs> he it kind easy. of reminds me of like a child in a way. Yeah. Oh, very you much know? so. Sort of. <laughs> very much. And he has but one goal. He just needs to get to the rendezvous so he doesn't die. I mean, mm-hmm. and there's so many things, just <laughs> the ticking clock that's a carpenter thing, you know. It's a wonderful film. It's very hard to quantify it. You just really need to see it. And that's I hope that doesn't sound like a cop out. You know, it's just right. it's just it's great. You need to watch it. I mean, two wonderful performances from a very uh, from very gifted actors. Oh, I have a question for and, you. And uh, from a very gifted director. Yes. So you like these two on screen together. Mm-hmm. Love them. OK, who do you like better? These two or Karen Allen with Harrison Ford? <laughs> I think she has more to do here. Mm-hmm. So maybe these two. I was thinking the same possi- thing as possibly. much as I love Harrison but, Ford. But I mean, she they- and Harrison Ford go together like peas and carrots. So there's something so <laughs> unique about their energy together. You know, yeah, it's a shame Harrison Ford never popped up in a Carpenter film. I think mm-hmm, he yeah. seems like the kind of guy that would fit in with that just kind of no nonsense, mm-hmm. you know, thing he's got. But uh, good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, great. Could you have seen anybody other than Jeff Bridges in this? Because they were looking at a bunch of people. It's not like it was like. We got to get Jeff Bridges. They they got the right guy. I know. Again, Kevin Bacon, who was up for Christine, was a guy who they thought see, about I casting. I couldn't see him here. Couldn't see him here either. No. Um. I I don't have a list of names. I'm sure it was a you know everybody. I think everything with Jeff Bridges' build and just the way he looks and stuff. I think it just fit for some reason with this character. I don't know. Doesn't he feel like an alien he in does. this movie? He really does. Like I said, yeah. it's, you, I feel like sometimes you don't even feel like you're watching him. You know he. Yeah. He portrays that so well, you almost forget it is him. Yeah. Wonderful film, boys and girls. Wonderful film. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out immediately if you've not seen it. Well, Faith, it feels like it's getting to be that time, doesn't it? It does. It does. And you know how I know it's that time? Because Bobby's here. Because Bobby's standing in the doorway. <laughs> he's got his uh, pile of records. He's coming. Oh, Faith, he's coming in. He's sitting down. You know, some have described him as an alien life form. Yeah. Who's called me an alien before? Nobody in this studio, Bobby. Wink, wink. Yeah, that's just because I'm a hammer curl champion. I'm a freak of nature. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, guys. I really like this movie, too. And uh, I'm with you, Dan, on Karen Allen. Hubba, hubba. Love her. And, you know, I saw her in an interview recently or a picture or something. You know, she still looks pretty good. You know, I think it's because, like, you know, like if you're a good person and you do good things, you know, like you, you stay pretty. You know, it's like. And if, and if you're an evil ass, it starts showing your face. Look at a lot of people in Congress in Washington. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Bobby, we we know we what know. you're saying. 
we know what you're saying. Hey, speaking of Starman, hey, you remember guys last time that uh, that message got left from uh, Star Child and the constellations from the uh, uh, what what was that Alpha Centurion or whatever galaxy? Remember that? Remember I brought mm-hmm. it? Oh, yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. Bobby. I remember. Anyway, uh, they left another one, and uh, this is uh, this is for the people of America in times of crisis. This is uh, from Star Child himself. He says, everything will be all right. Remember who you are. Remember your heart. Remember your goodness and accept this gift from us. That's beautiful. Well, all right. It's beautiful. <laughs> and look, Faith, it's on a tape again because <laughs> the Alpha Centurions must know that we have just a lowly, humble Tascam tape player here <laughs> in the studio. Bobby, um... This is the second or third time you've made alien contact, is it not? Oh yeah, guys. I mean, you live in Cozy Corner long enough, you just forget about those things. It's just like a you know another another day that you know ends in Y. You know. Can, can I ask a personal question? Yeah, go ahead. Have you been probed? Not by no aliens. <laughs> and let me tell you something else too. I've never paid for it neither. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She knows what I'm saying. Faith, what you want to hear tonight? Again, surprise me. All right, I might uh, I might play you uh, you you know what you know I usually play the baby making music. Maybe this ain't uh, baby making music too much, but I think I might start my show off with Pyt, pretty young thing from Michael Jackson from the Triller album, and uh, and dedicate it to you, Faith. What do you think? <laughs> that sounds good. All right, guys, hey, uh, play that uh, play that tune that the Star Child left. We don't want no space invaders showing up here and. Uh, probing us faith you know what i'm saying listen guys great show great movie hey you 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 numb nuts out there need to watch Starman if you haven't seen it i will catch you guys on the flippity dippity see you guys the flippity dippity i have no idea faith i have no but we do indeed have that is what it says there yes remember your heart and your goodness wow from star child and the constellations i have no idea what this is should we play it i guess so uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't you know <laughs> space a message from space for us here in america and the world apparently so well faith i can't wait to hear this i think we should wrap up the show i, I think, think our, so. i think a regular wrap up is appropriate all right what do you think? let's do it may your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm may the light of the moon keep you safe from harm be you vampire spook specter or beast always remember keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash we'll see you next time and be safe out there be good to yourself and to your neighbor Thank <laughs> you.